0: Good evening. It is five p.m. and you're listening to the scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, comprised of CFRC's News Collective: Alexandra Fernandez, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Christina Laurie, Zaiden Figuera, Erica Singh, and Mary McKetty. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here is your local news rundown. The city of Kingston issued trespass notices to those living at the homeless encampment in the Bell Park area last week and gave residents until Monday, March 27th to evacuate. In a council meeting held, city council voted to put a hold on evicting people from the campground so that residents had a place to occupy during the winter. The city has moved forward with the March 27th deadline. Some people remain present at the encampment despite the deadline, but the city says they, as well as Kingston police, will not be physically removing people from the encampment. In a sit-down interview with Mayor Brian Patterson, he said, Our city staff, bylaw team, and others work together to make sure we're taking an empathetic and caring approach to anybody that is living in an encampment, and ultimately the goal is to offer them better, safer living arrangements. The city will be working alongside Kingston Police to clean up the area this week, and emphasizes that police are present to be peace officers. Mutual Aid Cataraqui Kingston, also known as MAC, a local project initiated by AKA Autonomous Social Centre, is calling on residents in Kingston to come together to stop the evictions at the ICH Bell Park area. In a news release put out by MAC on March 17th, they list and explain three concerns in reference to the claims that the city has made on consulting with the encampment residents, the low barrier options in the region, and the availability of shelter beds. The water rule ruling made it clear that encampment residents cannot be evicted when there is a lack of adequate indoor shelter options and that service restrictions such as rules around substance use have the quote net effect of reducing the number of beds that would otherwise be available in the region unquote the release adds. MAC is encouraging members of the community to write to city council and to join their rapid response phone tree. If evictions proceed they will call on community members to stand in solidarity with the encampment residents and against eviction. If you would like to join the rapid response phone tree, you can text your name and number to 613-777-2664. That's 613-777-2664. Here are a list of emergency shelters for anyone in need of them. In from the cold, F540 Montreal Street is open 24-7 and is an adult co-ed shelter with 22 beds available on a first-come, first-served basis. The Kingston Youth Shelter is at McGivalry Brown Hall at 218 Berry Street, a temporary location until April 2023. Every night, they are open from 8 p.m. to 9 a.m., and they provide overnight shelter for youths age 16 to 24 with 19 beds on a first-come, first-served basis. Parents with dependent children up to age 16 can go to Lily's Place at 333 Kings Court Avenue, and it is open 24-7. Adelaide Drop-In Center is at 38 Cowdy Street and you can drop in every night from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. It is an overnight adult co-ed drop-in with 36 spaces available on a first-come first-served basis. Construction seats genter at 218 Concession Street is drop-in every night from 8 to 11:30 p.m. Overnight adult co-ed drop-in with 25 spaces is open from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. on a first-come first-served basis. And then there's a St. Mary's drop-in center at 260 Brock Street from 1 to 4 p.m. on Monday to Friday with services for co-ed adults. Overnight drop-in services for men only with 12 spaces available is open from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. on a first-come first-served basis. The integrated care hub at 661 Montreal Street is open 24-7. There are drop-in services and support, including harm reduction supplies, meals, referral supports, and adult co-ed overnight drop-in. The Salvation Army drop-in is at 342 Patrick Street, and daytime services are from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. from Monday to Friday. They are closed noon to 1 p.m. with services for adults and youth. One Roof Youth drop-in daytime services is open at 620 Princess Street from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. on Monday to Friday, and there is an emergency transitional shelter for women at Dawn House at 805 Ridley Street. This is specialized transitional housing for women. You can phone to check availability at 613-545-9640. Not long after the province presented its 2023 budget, Mayor Brian Patterson sent a message to Queen's Park highlighting the need for immediate funding to address homelessness, mental health, and addictions. Mayor Patterson said he wanted to wait until after the budget was delivered to see if there was any forward movement on investment into additional mental health and addiction support. He says, given the issues we're dealing with locally, with an encampment, and so many people without proper housing and wraparound healthcare supports, we're at the point where we really need some outside assistance. These are really multi-government issues that need a more holistic approach. In January, the city declared a mental health and addictions crisis, calling on the province to immediately invest in these areas. I am encouraged to see the government has heard our plea, said Patterson in a recent statement released to the media. The 2023 Ontario budget has outlined some additional incremental funding to address homelessness and mental health and addictions. I look forward to working with the province in the weeks and months to come on more details on how these funds can make a difference in supporting those most vulnerable in our community. This is the latest in a long line of appeals to Queen's Park from Kingston. For instance, city staff are working with their counterparts in London to develop recommendations for a mental health and addiction strategy recently adopted by the Ontario Big City Mayors. Another number of initiatives are underway, including recommendations being presented by both the City of Kingston and Ontario big city mayors to the Ontario Standing Committee on Finance and Economic Affairs. As Mayor Patterson points out, the city is doing everything within our jurisdiction to assist people facing multifaceted issues. He adds a provincial health care investment is required to address the complexity of needs. I had the opportunity to speak with Mayor Brian Patterson about the increase of funding from the provincial government, which is $202 million for homelessness and affordable housing. You can check out the interview by going to podcast.cfrc.ca. The interview aired on Tuesday, March 28th at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM. Not only did we discuss the increase in budgeting, but we also talked about the homeless encampment that currently exists in Bell Park and what the city has done, will do, and is continuing to do regarding it. Again, you can hear my full conversation with Mayor Brian Patterson on podcast.cfrc.ca. In other local news headlines, just a reminder that the Household Hazardous Waste Depot opens this Saturday, April 1st. Located at the Kingston Area Recycling Center at 196 Lappins Lane, the depot accepts household hazardous waste items on Thursdays from 8am to 5pm and Saturdays from 8am to 4pm. Residents are reminded to follow the directions provided by the depot attendants while visiting. Stay in your vehicle while waiting for an attendant to serve you, either unload your items into a provided basket or stay in your vehicle while they're unloaded for you, and bring proof of residency, such as a driver's license when dropping off household hazardous waste. For reporting purposes, the City of Kingston tracks whether facility visitors are from Kingston or another nearby community. That's it for your local news rundown, and now let's throw it over to Erica Singh with Campus Corner.
1: Thank you. My name is Erica Singh, and this is Campus Corner on CFRC. Here are some campus news headlines. Residents' Dons have voted in favor of unionizing with the United Steelworkers with a 73% majority. Approximately 80% of all Residence Dons cast their ballot. Following the results, Dons are now waiting for formal certification to become members of the USW union. However, the university is contesting the vote due to an alleged conflict of interest. While the university has not commented on the alleged conflict, all Dawn team meetings have been cancelled. Dons are currently waiting for certification from the Ontario Labour Board. Until then, all donning contracts are frozen, and no changes can be made to Don's employment. There are concerns among returning Dons for that their contracts for the 2023 to 2024 year may be rescinded, but the exact process of rehiring is not transparent. However, returning Dons cannot be fired for organizing. Earlier, a group of anonymous residents Don had sent anti-unionizing emails, which created anxiety among the Don supporting unionizing. In other news, Patrick Dean has been reappointed as the Principal and Vice-Chancellor of Queens for a second term, beginning July 2024 until June 2029. The decision follows a recommendation of the Board-Senate Principalship Review Committee after consultation with the campus community and external stakeholders. During his first term, Dean successfully led the university's COVID-19 response, initiated major equity, diversity and inclusion initiatives, and increased the institution's international profile. He has also created university-wide strategies aimed at boosting research, student learning and global impact. Next. Four students have been named recipients of the prestigious Agonist Benedictson Tricolor Award for 2023. Laura Devaney, Samara Lujum, Jane Mao, and Nishan Ramsevak were recognized for their exceptional service, leadership, character, and community impact. Deveni, a political studies major, has held various leadership roles within the Alma Mater Society, or AMS, and helped create a more accessible and engaging student government. Lijam, the president of the Queen's Student Alumni Association, has been involved in advocating for equity and social change through various campus organizations. Mao, a Master of Education candidate, has created spaces of joy for marginalized students and founded the Gender Affirming Assistance Program. Ram Sevak, a 4th year civil engineering PhD candidate, has contributed to equity, diversity, and inclusivity on campus and founded a charity drive called Helping Handbags Kingston. The Tricolor Award is one of the most prestigious student honors at Queen's, given annually by the Office of the Rector to students who have made a valued and distinguished contribution to the university community. The four recipients will be inducted into the Tricolor Society during a ceremony on June 17th. That's all for campus news today, thank you so much for listening, and now over to Zayden Vergara with sports.
2: Good evening everyone, my name is Zayden Vergara and it's time for your CFRC Sports Roundup. Queen's Men's Curling earned the bronze medal at the U Sports Men's Curling Championship in Sudbury, Ontario last weekend. The Gales defeated the host Laurentian Voyagers 6-5, scoring the winning point in the 10th end to finish the national tournament on the podium. In the round robin, the Gales finished with a 4-3 record, opening with an 8-6 win over the Calgary Dinos before also beating the UNB Reds 9-4, Alberta Golden Bears 10-3, and SMU Huskies 10-7 to advance to the semifinals. In the semifinals, the Gales were edged 12 to 10 by the Loria Golden Hawks, the eventual gold medalists. But Queens did bounce back with a one point win over Laurentian to finish third overall at the national championship. Last night, the Toronto Maple Leafs faced off against the New York Islanders. The Leafs would open up the scoring halfway through the first period. In the second period, the Islanders would fight back with three straight goals. And it would be a similar story in the third period, with the Leafs getting one early on before the Islanders ran away with the game, scoring another four goals, ending things 7-2. The Leafs' next game is tomorrow at 7pm against the Florida Panthers. The Ottawa Senators had an away game against the Boston Bruins last night. The Sens would be the first to break the ice, scoring nine minutes into the first period. However, the Bruins would tie the game up just three minutes later and add a second goal with four minutes remaining in the first period. After the first period, both teams wouldn't be able to find the net for the remainder of the game, resulting in a 2-1 win for the Bruins. The Sens' next game is tomorrow at 7 p.m. against the Tampa Bay Lightning. On that note, that's all for your CFRC Sports Roundup. Now over to Chris Laurie with a community update.
3: This is Chris coming in with your community update for this week. The Kingston Frontenac Public Library has just announced a new upcoming author talk. Discover Canada's tragic past with author and historian Michael Dupuis's Halifax Explosion talk. The Halifax Explosion was one of the deadliest maritime disasters in history, killing thousands and causing widespread devastation. Its impact on Canadian history and the resilience of its people in the face of tragedy make it a story that is both poignant and relevant today, and a story that will be brought to life by author, historian, and former educator Michael Dupuis in an upcoming presentation. 2,000 people died and 6,000 were left without homes when a munition ship, the Mont Blanc, exploded in Halifax Harbor on December 6, 1917. Dupuis's book, Bearing Witness, Journalists, Record Keepers, and the 1917 Halifax Explosion, tells the story of the disaster through eyewitness accounts. The event takes place from 2 to 3.30 p.m. on April 15th at the Isabel Turner Branch. Registration is required to attend and can be completed at calendar.kfpl.ca. slash event. Or by calling 613-549-8888. Through the words of those who were there, Michael Dupuis will bring to life the events of the Halifax explosion and give us perspective on how it fits into our larger history," said Jake Miller, librarian, adult programming. Michael will discuss how and why certain aspects were reported or emphasized and share fresh insight into this pivotal event. As a historian, Dupuis has extensively researched Canadian media and labor history. His next talk with kfpl is about the winnipeg general strike on april 22nd at 2pm and you can learn more about that at calendar.kfpl.ca sounding board a community conversation a piece by local artist heather Poachman in collaboration with many other artists is on the move sounding board started on december 9th with an opening exhibition at the kingston school of art and has been traveling around kingston and is ready to take on a new location on April 3rd, they'll be moving to the Tet Center for Creativity and Learning at 370 King Street until the 28th of April. Sounding Board is a project which requires public interaction with the artwork. Exhibition attendees are encouraged to leave contributions of their own directly on the artwork using pushpins. Examples of contributions include favorite recipes, poems, stories, photographs, drawings, news clippings, posters, ticket stubs, and more. To leave your own contribution to this piece and to see all the contributions it's collected since its tour started in December, again, you can head to the Tet Center for Creativity and Learning at 370 King Street until the 28th of April. Another way you can support Sounding Board is by giving a donation. They've partnered with local nonprofit organization, the Kingston School of Art, to collect tax-deductible donations for this project. Please write Sounding Board in the private message box when submitting your donation through the form, which you can find on their website rubyartist.com, under Sounding Board. After April 28th, the project will move back to the Kingston School of Art until the end of May. In its last month, it'll be at the Kingston School of Art for folks to view and contribute to until its closing exhibition from 6 to 8pm on May 27th, 2023 at 647A Princess Street. Once again, that's the Kingston School of Art. So be sure to visit this piece before the end of its tour in May, and come see the final product at the end of May. That's all for your community update this week, and next up is Mary with the weather. Thanks so much.
4: I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your CFRC weather report. Wednesday evening, you can expect cloudy conditions to clear overnight. There is a 30% chance of flurries late in the evening, which may be heavy at times. Winds will be out of the southwest at 40 kilometers per hour, gusting to 70 kilometers per hour, but they will become lighter after midnight. We will reach a low of minus 8 with a wind chill near minus 11. Thursday morning will be sunny and we will reach a high of plus 2 by the afternoon. Thursday night will be clear with a low of minus 5. Now over to Alex
0: with our traffic report. Thank you so much, I'm Alexandra Fernandez and here is your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. Just a reminder that reduced load restrictions are in effect in Kingston. Heavy trucks and loads are restricted on city roads where posted until April 30th, 2023. These restrictions help reduce damage to roads in the spring. Lower Borough Swing Bridge is closed until further notice. Toronto Street from Brock to Johnson will be closed on Wednesday, March 29th from 9am to 3pm for City of Kingston Forestry crews to complete tree pruning on Toronto Street. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until April 31st, and Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace remains closed until October 31st, 2023. The School Streets Initiative is still in place. The following streets are closed from 8.40am to 9.10am and 3.20pm to 3.50pm on weekdays until June 29, 2023. Macdonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. The Play Street Initiative is also in place. Thomas Street from County to Patrick will be closed 3.30pm to 5.30pm on Mondays until August 28, 2023. The Chow Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is now underway. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and the work is expected to conclude in late December. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to public parking for the duration of the project. However, phased work areas will occupy a maximum of 33% of the available parking stalls at a time, meaning that up to 150 spaces will be out of commission. There is parking availability at the Hanson Memorial and Robert Roos Memorial Parking Garages in two adjacent blocks to the east. Other delays that you can expect this week, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect delays. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic in and around the work zone. That's it for your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston, and now let's throw it over to Mary McKetty with our events calendar.
4: Thank you so much. I'm Mary McKetty and this is your events calendar for the week. Are you a Kingston-based artist seeking an arts residency this summer? If so, make sure to apply for the local arts residency delivered to you by the City of Kingston's Arts and Culture Services Department. This residency will be offered to four local artists and lasts for four days per artist. It includes the use of two spaces in the Kingston Grand Theatre, located at 218 Princess Street, the Baby Grand, which is a black box theatre, and the Regina Rosen Auditorium, a performance hall. The deadline to apply is next Wednesday, April 5th, by 5 p.m., so head over to cityofkingston.ca explore for more information. Circling back to this Wednesday, Matthew Jacobs from the Center of Neuroscience Studies at Queen's University hosts his Brainstorm series at the kingston Frontenac Public Library, located at 130 Johnson Street. Jacobs has experience from Open Minds, an organization that includes perspectives from neurodivergent self-advocates to make education more accessible, which relates to his Brainstorm series' focus on cognitive perception. He will present research, advocacy work, and have fun activities like illusions for audiences. This event is from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. and is free to attend, but registration is required, so check out calendar.kfpl.ca slash events for more information. Coming up on Thursday, the Political Studies Graduate Students Association is excited to host Jonathan Pedneau in room 202 at Robert Sutherland Hall, located at 138 Union Street. Pedneau is the deputy leader of the Green Party of Canada and will present a talk titled Meeting Global Challenges, Canada's Responsibilities in a Chaotic World. This event takes place from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. and is free to attend with no registration required, so feel free to stop by mid-workday. Next up on Friday, the Kingston School of Art, located at 647 Princess Street, welcomes drop-ins for its open studio printmaking class. This class is instructed by an experienced artist and provides participants with a crash course on printmaking history and supplies to do your own printmaking. This is the last open studio printmaking class for winter, so make sure to visit ksoa.info to register for your $35 all-inclusive drop-in. To end off your week on Sunday, don't miss out on Scott Owen Live at the Brass Pub located at 403 Princess Street. Owen is a proud country artist with multiple singles and EPs that he performs across eastern Ontario. If you're looking to get loud and liquored for free, make sure to stop by from 10pm to 1am with a government-issued ID. I'm Mary McKetty, and those are all the events we're highlighting for the week. Thank you so much for tuning into CFRC's news programming. If you ever have a news story or tip to share, please reach out to news at cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more programming coming up next. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.